Welcome to the KPMG Tax Now podcast. In this podcast, we explore some of the more complex matters across tax, economics, regulation, and compliance. Each month, we meet with KPMG's foremost experts and other special guests to unpack key issues faced by taxpayers around the globe. Hello, and welcome to KPMG's budget podcast. I'm Ali Alam, the tax policy lead for KPMG Australia. And joining me is Clive Bird, a partner in our enterprise team, here to provide his reflections on what this budget means for the middle market business. But I'll start off with some of my reflections on the budget. In some good news, the underlying cash balance is estimated to be in surplus by $4.2 billion in 2022-23, and that's for the first time in a long time. And that's really been fuelled by high tax receipts from those high employment figures and also commodity prices which has led to an improvement of over $41 billion compared to the October budget. But this is expected to drop um, to a nearly $14 billion deficit in 2023-24 to 24, as conditions start to normalise. Also, inflation is expected to return from its um, high peaks to target in 2024-25. to 25. And as with other recent budgets, revenue-raising measures continue to be a focus, although there are some smaller measures sprinkled in there aimed at encouraging some foreign investment in areas such as lower withholding tax for build-to-rent developments and green data centres and warehouses. And we do finally have a long-awaited announcement on the start date for Australia's implementation of the OECD Pillar 2 Global Minimum Tax Rules. And these aim to ensure that a minimum tax of 15% is paid in every jurisdiction in which a multinational group operates. So these will kick off in 2024, including a domestic minimum tax of 15%, but these are only will only apply for large multinational groups. Um, and there's also been some extension of, of the general anti-avoidance measures for cross-border arrangements. But I'll move on to you now, Clive. Um, to kick us off, what was your reaction to this year's federal budget? Well, thanks very much, Alia. Good to be uh, with you again on Budget Night. Um, So I guess it's a difficult budget for the government in a way where they're clearly trying to um, manage inflation, but at the same time providing some cost of living uh, relief to individuals and families that um, that need it most. Uh, And great to see a a small surplus for the first time in a long while, as you said, albeit uh, likely a temporary one. From a a mid-market tax perspective, I think we see three really key themes come through. Uh, One is an ongoing focus on strong ATO compliance programs. Uh, The other one is some um, pretty significant uh, and fundamental superannuation changes for those with larger superannuation balances. And then thirdly, a sprinkling of measures to support um, smaller and perhaps medium businesses with um, with a few opportunities and incentives. Uh, fair to say at the same time, no major surprises, uh, no significant tax reform um, for mid-market, but clearly those three three themes we see coming through very clearly. And you mentioned further investment in the ATO review programs, Clive. So what should mid-market taxpayers expect from that? Yeah, that's been, um, that's been a theme of the last uh, few budgets earlier and something that we've really seen in practice as well. We've seen Uh, the ATO with um, a really strong focus on compliance in areas like their their top 500 uh, private business program, uh, their next 5,000 program, and their commercial deals program focusing on transactions. Uh, And we've seen ongoing investment in recent budgets around um, additional funding into ATO review programs. 
in this particular budget, we see um, an investment in review programs for GST compliance, which uh, don't give away a lot of detail, but they talk about um, accurate reporting and remittance of GST, uh, but they do mention GST refunds. So the government is obviously concerned about taxpayers who might uh, claim GST refunds uh, that they shouldn't. Uh, and there's a reference to using more and more analytics in that space to uh, monitor GST compliance. There's uh, a reference as well to super guarantee underpayments and the use of data matching, uh, which would be a good thing to ensure that um, employees and contractors and so forth are all getting their superannuation guarantee entitlements. Uh, but again, something to watch out for in terms of the ATO targeting that space. There's also a review program around personal tax compliance, which is going to occur through the 2026 and 2027 years. And it's looking at some um, key areas of non-compliance uh, that the ATO is aware of. And, and one particular area that they mention is um, short-term rental accommodation. And, uh, and they're looking at, I think, losses arising on short-term rental accommodation, Airbnbs and so forth, where um, people are claiming that the property is available for rent, um, but the ATO is wondering if it might not necessarily be. And so they're having a, um, a focus in that area. Uh, and there's also a, um, a change to the general anti-avoidance rule part 4A to uh, target arrangements that um, are designed to get a reduction in tax in the form of lower withholding tax rates. Uh, so a number of areas there where the ATO is really looking at, um, you know, plugging plugging areas that it sees as uh, potential non-compliance. Yeah, very much so. And I think it's also interesting, this increased use of technology to identify these audit targets as well. And so what's um, your perspective on, in particular, the superannuation changes? Yeah, the superannuation changes are interesting. So what they're doing, and, and we've all seen it come through in the press um, for a little while now, Essentially, um, people will be aware that um, income is taxed in superannuation funds, typically a rate at, at a rate of 15%. And what the government is doing now is saying, if you've got a balance over $3 million on 1 July 2025, then we're going to start proportionately taxing the earnings from that superannuation fund at a 30% rate instead of a 15% rate. Now, the me mechanics um, are not very clear and certainly not spelt out, spelt out at this stage in terms of exactly how that calculation will be done and exactly how that uh, tax rate will be applied. But the, the gist of it is that if, you've, if you're one of the lucky Australians that's got a, a large superannuation balance, uh, you won't benefit from um, the full tax concessions that you have in the past. What this uh, reflects is that the government sees superannuation as intended to be a mechanism for funding retirement, but not necessarily a mechanism for wealth creation. And so uh, that's why the government's trying to limit uh, super balances to the $3 million in the sense of accessing the full tax concession. Important to note that that 30% rate obviously is still well below the marginal tax rate of 45% and also no higher than the company tax rate of 
And of course, um, people can still accumulate more than $3 million of superannuation, uh, no problem. It's just that they don't get the full tax concession that they're currently getting. Uh, and so while um, I'd have to say uh, wealthy groups uh, won't uh, be particularly pleased about this change, uh, at the same time, I'd have to say, in fairness, it probably is a reasonable policy and one that will only affect uh, the wealthiest groups. So from that perspective, it's, it's probably not a bad policy. And was there much in the budget for private business, um, Clive? So in particular, sort of how this, the mid-market's going to be affected by it all? Relatively limited, I thought, Alia. There are a number of measures, but they tend to apply to, um, to, to smaller businesses only and perhaps some medium businesses and they're um, relatively limited in their application. So, for example, there's an instant asset write-off um, for assets up to $20,000 but it only applies for businesses with turnovers of uh, below $10 million and it only applies for one year, 2024. So in that sense, it's relatively limited. There's, um, there's an energy incentive which is um, encouraging businesses to invest in uh, electrification and the efficient use of energy and it's available to businesses that turn over $50 million or less. Uh, and it gives an extra 20% deduction uh, in relation to expenditure of up to $100,000. But it means that the tax benefit then um, is limited to that um, just to 20% of $100,000. And so the cost benefit there uh, might possibly be a little bit limited for some. Uh, and then there are some um, changes that um, there are some changes in relation to the annual increase on PAYG instalments for um, groups turning over $50 million or less and um, GST instalments for groups turning over $10 million or less. And the gist of the change is that instead of uh, grossing up an increase of 12% on prior year instalments, it's going to be 6%, which does sound uh, a lot more reasonable. Um, I must admit, when I read that change, I thought it could apply or perhaps ought to apply to all taxpayers rather than just those turning over below $50 million for PAYG and $10 million for GST. So you can see that while there are a number of measures, you know, they, they tend to be relatively limited and tend to be focused on, on the smaller end of the mid-market, it'd be fair to say. And so now for a final question, Clive, what were you hoping would be in the budget which wasn't in there? Yeah, I mean, I think that's always a really interesting question about what's not there. Um, and it might not necessarily be things I hoped for, but it's certainly things I wondered about. So uh, it's great to see that there were no tax increases of any kind. Um, our mid-market sector that we survey in the lead up to the budget was really quite adamant that they, that they hoped that there wouldn't be tax increases. And so in this budget, we haven't seen increases to GST or personal tax or company tax, et cetera. And I think that's a great thing given, um, you know, the inflationary environment and so forth that we're in. Uh, so what we have seen is no change to tax increases, but instead a focus on a targeted compliance, uh, as I mentioned. At the same time, um, I, I wondered, and I, I might've mentioned this last year, I wondered if we might've lost the stage three tax cuts that are due to come in on 1 July 2024, uh, possibly on the grounds of affordability. Um, now you remember that the stage three tax cuts basically simplify our tax rates so that a 30% marginal rate applies between $45,000 of income all the way up to $200,000. 
Uh, and so that will mean that 94% of taxpayers would have a 30% marginal tax rate. And I'm really pleased to see that, uh, that that's uh, been retained. Again, I think given the cost of living pressures, uh, it's good to see those middle income uh, taxpayers are still having those tax cuts to look forward to in 12 months time. Um, bearing in mind that they're about to lose the um, low and middle income tax offset that, that uh, expired at the end of 2022. Uh, so they will see lower refunds through the 23 year, uh, which will further impact um, you know, that cost of living aspect. But I think it's terrific to see that the stage three tax cuts uh, will continue on, um, at least at this stage. Thanks for your insights, Clive. So to our listeners, um, that's the, a wrap-up on our podcast for tonight, but please visit our website for the budget brief, um, which will be uploaded over the course of the night. Thanks for listening to another episode of the KPMG Tax Now podcast. If you'd like to ask a question, please send us an email at kpmgtaxnow at kpmg.com.au. Be sure to subscribe at kpmg.com forward slash au forward slash taxnow or follow our LinkedIn page at KPMG Tax Now Insights for regular updates.